0: hey everybody welcome to episode 76 of the microgreens entrepreneur podcast and thanks a million for tuning in if you are celebrating thanksgiving over the weekend happy thanksgiving we don't really celebrate it here in ireland so it hasn't really caught on yet but we've adopted black friday though so that's something we go mad for here nowadays but anyway i hope you had a nice thanksgiving i hope you had a nice weekend and hope you're ready for the last month of 2021 so What a really quick year, but anyway, today's episode is one that I found really, really interesting myself, and it was really fun to record. It's an interview with Katie and John Talush from Talush Family Farm. They're just outside Philadelphia in the United States, and... I found this really interesting because a little bit like Tony and show that were on in the last episode, Katie and John have a lot of different things going on. And the two main things that they're doing is microgreens and mushrooms. The mushroom growing, I found that really, really interesting. And I think you will too if you're into growing microgreens. So this is John's fourth day and during the interview we talk about the whole process of growing them, who they sell them to, so the whole lot and this is really interesting stuff. I learned a lot, I didn't know myself. Then Katie's thing is the microgreens and they've really grown this business fast. So just to put their quick growth in context and I don't think they'll mind me sharing this but Katie actually downloaded the free beginner's guide that I talk about at the end of a lot of the episodes here. She downloaded that back in April this year and she replied to the email that the guide came in and she said that they were a young microgreen and mushroom business. She said that the podcast had helped them and that someday they hoped that they could be on the podcast. Well, fast forward to now and here they are on the podcast and they're selling over 80 trays of microgreens per week and they're on the search for a commercial premises to expand their business even further. So these are two really motivated individuals that are succeeding in business. So they're worth listening to. Along with this then, we touch on hydroponic and aeroponic farming, growing edible flowers inside as another element to their business, running the business as a couple, mistakes they've made, and lots more. So I highly recommend you listening here all the way to the end, and if you're not subscribed to the podcast already, please consider just taking a second right now, pausing the episode and subscribing on your podcast player. With all that being said, let's hear the theme music and get to the interview. You're listening to the microgreens entrepreneur podcast where the aim is to help you start grow and improve any microgreens business. I'm your host Brian Faulkner, owner of a microgreens business that I operate out of my own home. Stay tuned and welcome along. Katie and John, welcome onto the podcast. Great to see and speak with you both. And thanks a million oh, for so being here. So happy to here. be here. <laughs> Good stuff. Thanks a million for being here with me. And how are things going on Telush Family Farm?
1: Chaotic. Champagne <laughs> problems, <crazy>. right?
0: <laughs> yeah, you've got a lot going on. You've got uh many different things, and I'm looking forward to talking about them all. So you're in um you're in Plymouth meeting, and that's in that's in Pennsylvania in Philadelphia or near Philadelphia, right?
1: correct we are just uh south of it right yeah no north of it sorry <laughs> north of it we're
0: just north of it <laughs> i drove through philadelphia once i was never there i was there like um yeah i drove through it and i seen seen some lovely buildings i think i think it's like the city hall was amazing looking i think it was but um i drove through it on i was on a greyhound bus uh, yeah i see your Oh, check that out yeah yeah so like i got um my sister is actually she lives in new york and i went from all the way from New York to Oakmont in Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I got the I got the Greyhound bus. But like after I got off it, everyone was like everyone couldn't believe that I that I took the bus. It was like uh... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah. It was it was a good experience though. There were some characters on it. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. But anyway, John and Katie, thanks a million for for being here. And we've got we've got lots to talk about because you're doing a lot of different things there on your farm. I saw somewhere you've got a quarter of an acre, and I think you're maximizing what you're doing there with the space that you have. So that's going to be really interesting to talk about. And yeah, but just just to get started, do do one of you want to give give us the backstory on your business and how it came into being?
2: Uh, I'll start. Well, over COVID, you know, a lot of things changed. You know, during the shutdowns, I was essential. I stayed at work. Katie, she actually. Was not. So she stayed home um, with the kids and I'll let you take over from there.
1: Yeah. So we decided, you know, to put family first and I stayed home with the kids and he told me to stay at home and do nothing, you know, and some days I wish I had listened, (laughs) Uh, but instead I decided to uh, put the company stamp on and I turned from hobby gardener to professional grower, pretty much overnight what was
0: the first thing you started growing professionally or what was the first thing you started to try and sell
1: i would say it probably started maybe with the chickens but they hadn't even started laying yet and then it turned into so i would say the first six months of the company we were really trying to find our our niche where we wanted to be what we wanted to grow and um you know of course we have hydroponic farming so we we can farm i told him i wanted to grow all the time
2: all year round
1: Yeah. If you know anything about Pennsylvania is, is that we, we have some, we have four very distinctive seasons, so it can get very cold, lots of snow. And he thought I was crazy, but somehow we, we, we pulled it off and it was fun. We were growing tomatoes and, um, flowers and lettuce and herbs all in the middle of a blizzard. Then we, we did outdoor gardening, you know, just traditional, um, I guess our, what's 150 square feet, just of outdoor gardening. And then somehow the microgreens kind of like fell into our lap. And it was like, we started with a couple of trays and, and then, um, we, we started with our favorite restaurants really. So we kind of went to our chefs and it's just kind of exploded from there. Um, the, the mushrooms, ironically, they, they came in a box one day and you know, the little at home grow it kit and we just found it so fascinating. And from there we kind of, started figuring out how to grow them ourselves john has spent a million hours doing it
0: oh my god <laughs> yeah no we'll get we we'll get to the mushrooms look really looking forward to hearing about that because i admittedly know pretty close to zero about it so uh, oh man <laughs> so some probably days have i some still stupid feel like i know zero <laughs> <laughs> right well you know more than definitely no more than me so um but just anyway on the on the microgreens first what are you doing now? How many, so how has it grown to now?
1: Oh, so we have, um, we probably have 80 trays now. We are actually currently and actively looking for a commercial facility. We're about to have like a grow room in our bedroom. That's how crazy <laughs> it's, it's getting.
0: <laughs> so where do you grow now in the house?
1: So we have about 700 square feet in the basement. Okay, and I would yeah, say probably cool. 80% of that is micros. 20% of it right now is, um, a clean room for the mushroom side, fruiting chamber, storage for, you know, cultivating blocks and stuff like
0: that. So it's going really well. And the next step is find somewhere outside of your house and do it there. Very good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Cool. Excellent stuff. In in a short space of time, really, like, so you said it was the start of COVID. So that's what I year, would say that we've actively
1: pursued mushrooms and microgreens for about nine months now.
0: Okay. Yeah. God, that, that's a You're very up. short period of time. So yeah, well done. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, good stuff. So you're ha- you're having a lot of success with it. But are both of you doing it full time now or is it still just you Katie Or
2: So primarily Katie takes care of the farm. She's staying home with the kids and I'm full-time I have a full-time job. I work for BMW and I'm a technician by trade and a shop foreman. Um Overall, so so yeah, I still have my regular job, and she is primarily taking care of the farm every day.
1: Full time mom, full time farmer. It's crazy. <laughs> That's right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're both very busy. Fair play to you for doing all of this. While you've got so much other stuff going on as well. So well done. So so yeah. So the mushrooms only takes up about twenty percent. Is that what you said?
1: Oh man, it's it's actively growing. It definitely compounds very quickly.
2: Yes.
0: Yeah, do do you mind if we talk about that just for a little bit because I think sure. it would be something interesting because I think I think it's, there's a good crossover between the mushrooms and microgreens because it's not something I've really looked into much but I do see a lot of the same kind of people talking about mushrooms and there's just been like similarities that you can grow inside and and stuff like that so it's it's something that people are interested in and I think it's this is kind of your your area John
2: Yeah yeah. yeah
0: so what i suppose like the first question would be like where do you grow them so they're in the basement where do you grow them and how do you grow them
2: so currently right now they are they finish in a fruiting chamber right so the, the fruit of the of the of the mycelium uh comes out as a mushroom um so we okay. fruit them in a four by eight tent cur- currently that's that's just like a regular grow tent that you purchase online and um it's monitored closely with humidity and temperature uh, so you're right with, it is a funny thing with microgreens and mushrooms in the same area. It's a love hate relationship, right? right? So mushrooms like it cooler, the yeah, micros yeah, like yeah. it warmer, but yeah, yeah. on the same point, um, the mushrooms are unique. Uh, you know, they share around 50% of DNA with, um, humans or animals, right? So, which is unique about them is that they consume oxygen and excrete, um, you know, uh, CO2. Right. And on the opposite yeah, yeah. end, the the micros consume CO2 and, and give out oxygen. Yeah, right. So yeah, sure. it's a lot of hate, right? They enjoy yeah. each other. But then again, they're like, hey, you know, you're a little warm for me and you're a little cold for me. So yeah, it's yeah. tough in the basement. I got to create a lot of climates um, yeah. at the same time.
0: What about the humidity? I, I don't know. I just imagine they would need humidity too, do they? They need moisture. Yeah, so
2: they, they need humidity. The, the humidity in the room is just to keep the the mushrooms damp and keep them you know moist so that they don't dry out. Okay. Um. They they love initially when they're just starting to grow. They love extremely high large amounts of humidity, and then you kind of slowly cut it back depending on what they look like, how they're reacting, and things like that during the grow cycle. You know, grow cycle takes for us about eight to ten days um, when we open up a fruiting bag, um, and that's what we count on. We got to balance that depending on temperatures and, you know, how things grow throughout the, and mm. I'm constantly making changes at the moment um, <laughs> on a growing chamber. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, um, it's a science and it's much, much harder than my growers.
1: Okay, yeah, I will yeah. say, micros, as you would know. I mean, I can calculate a, an assumption on a weight, a day, a harvest time, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. super easy to have a cycle, a harvest, you know, growth cycle. Man, that m- mushrooms—they take their good old time, or they go as fast as they want. They are ready when they are ready.
2: <laughs> that's it, right? And um, it, it's unique to make them
0: predictable.
2: Pre- Delivery yeah, it's hard to make them predictable, and
0: yeah, even though even though you're c- kind of controlling the the climate as best you can, it's just it's still. Very yeah, to get that to have
2: it. yeah, get that stuffed yeah. out and it's tough. And like to your point, those um, the at home growing kits are amazing, right? But yeah, you know, for like a you know a commercial grower, you know those the times it doesn't matter, right? So to a, somebody who has that box that they bought offline, amazing, it'll produce a nice flush of beautiful mushrooms, but you don't know when it's coming, right?
0: Yeah, so yeah, it, but yeah. they're
2: they're really cool sh- I, I encourage you to try one if you have
0: yeah it's actually it, you know, it was such a coincidence so i said i was talking to katie uh, last week and i had just bought one of these online here oh yeah and that's right, it, that's it, it, right. Arrived, it arrived the day that uh, we were talking so yeah. and it's um, what did you
1: get like a pink uh, oyster
0: i think it's a, it's a it's yeah i think it's a it's definitely an oyster um mm-hmm. i can't remember the color what other colors is there? <laughs>
1: <laughs> there's yellows there others oh, are endless
0: yeah yeah i think it's blue i think it, i think it's cool. blue. Anyway. yeah 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 so it's it's not doing much at the moment so it's in the bag and um I, i'm keeping an eye on it yeah 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 so um yeah it seems to take up a lot of time or, or seems to it seems to be very hard to do it and take up time like you were saying john and then in that sense, then, is it a good thing to do profit wise or is it more like a labor of love or,
2: um, you know, our micro side is definitely our of our, our choice as far as financial currently. So, it, you know, micros are a high yielding, you know, and they, they produce pretty well and we can make, um, we can make sure that they're predictable. So the mushrooms on the other hand, take some time.
1: Yeah, starting from, you know, so one of the things about our farmers is that we are from cultivation to harvest. So we can start from agar to liquid to, you know, to soy, to all the steps throughout the process, which you should explain, John. It's really cool.
2: Yeah. So we, we start from the very beginning. Um, there's not a lot of growers that I know do every step of the way. You know, we create, we start from agar dish, you know, and we grow out cultures. Uh, What's agar dish? Move, so an agar dish is you might have seen it in science class in high school. Uh, you know, growing up,
0: you know, petri dish. Like a plastic little um dish little like in a lab kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. exactly. Oh, yeah, okay, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And that's you know, you use that for a multitude of reasons. They use that throughout the industry for just growing out bacteria, um, identifying cultures, you know, you could do a simple swipe with your finger on there, and you've got tons of bacteria. And this will grow it out, and you can identify what's going on and see what's happening. Now we isolate just down to one piece of uh, one mycelium um, DNA that's in there, and we grow that out. So okay. it's be considered a monoculture. So that's how we, you know, like a seed with a say cilantro plant. Uh, you've yeah. got that singular seed that's going to grow a cilantro. Yeah, I've got, yeah. I've got, I've got a single monoculture of let's say blue oyster, like, like you have. Yeah, yeah, um, sure. I'm, yeah. I get. And I can expand that.
0: Sim- similar similar to seed production a little bit. Like if you're crossbreeding stuff yeah. and, and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And and then we take it from there and we can expand it. It's all about expansion in the mushroom game. Um, and that's what saves you money, you know, long term. Uh, so we can expand that 10, 20, 30, 40, thousands of times oh, okay. over and continue to grow them and then use them.
0: So you're kind of expanding what you have, right? It's not like you're buying in this stuff each time
2: correct uh, correct
0: okay yeah, yeah
2: yeah now a lot of commercial growers re- rely on a specific spawn company and there's a lot of them out there North spore is a big one in um, the United States um, but um, they rely on them to create their first grains um, you know when they their the um, grain culture so you know just getting the process started you know it, it's it's important to have your very first culture very clean and ready to go and that's why they rely on them and it's really hard to do uh, but on, here on the farm we we wanted to get every step done ourselves and we wanted to um have that in our pocket you know regardless if we use a uh you know a company to bring in our grain or if we have you know whatever we do we wanted to do every single process so that we could you know have that experience
0: yeah excellent i i, I imagine you've learned an awful lot along the way by doing my, my
2: brain hurts really yeah. bad <laughs> <laughs> really bad,
1: and I can say that's probably my fault too. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: so then, oh, you know, you know these gr- the blocks then that you see. So like yep. the, the bl- so is that's the that's the spawn just like infused into like wood or something like that. Is it or why, What is it actually?
1: So if we can explain it in steps, yeah, it goes from agar to liquid culture to ryeberry grain spawn. Okay, and then that grain spawn is separated into. A fruiting block, which is made of uh, hardwood pellets and soy hulls. Am and you I correct? Make them as well. All yes.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you know the blocks then that you buy? That I bought. Say, as in like.
1: That's right. a fruiting block. That's, That's
0: a, okay. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I'd you you're purchasing a fully colonized fruiting block.
0: Okay, and how long would it pre- take to produce one of them? Just the block, or a colonized? Block? Just, just the block. Just say one block, like for example. Just
2: so, so I'm gonna be making blocks, and just after our meeting here, so I make those in the garage. I mix up uh, 80 pounds of dry substrate mixed with water, um, and then we're reaching a specific hydration level in the block, right? So we use a cement mixer. We mix it up, and then we place it by hand into each bag, each block. We produce 10 pound blocks. From there, I bring them into our basement. I made a homemade consider a pasteurizer because we're using steam to pasteurize. So every single block has to be pasteurized and ridded of competing bacteria. From there, um, that's when we inoculate each block uh, on Mondays.
0: Inoculate means like put the spawn into them, or, or yeah, yep. correct. Okay, yep. yeah, right.
2: And then from there, we're uh, fourteen days out as they incubate. And they fully colonize that block. And like you saw when you got that block that you opened up, they look exactly like that, fully yeah. colonized, white good looking mycelium. And that's when they're looking to fruit and produce some great mushrooms.
0: Great. Yeah. And and is, is this something that chefs really want or who's who who wants them?
1: We have several different varieties of culinary facilities from private sector chefs, restaurants, country clubs we're hoping to branch out to school soon as well. Anyway, we're, we're constantly sort of evolving in terms of that. Um, but they love, there's nothing like a fresh mushroom. I mean, I just yesterday I harvested, I don't know, it was five or six pounds and in an hour I brought it over to the restaurant.
0: Yeah. Do you eat them yourselves? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, um, there's something actually that I avoided eating for years, you know, just there was something just like, uh, I don't know. I just, didn't like
1: don't we all have one of those uh, yeah, things when we were yeah. kids and you're like
0: yeah, well, why didn't yeah. i eat this then it's yeah. so good I oh, no it is I, I really like them now and then like i heard on um it was like it was i can't remember the podcast which i heard it on but like basically all of the different bacteria in them is so good for your gut and
2: yeah yeah yeah
0: i can't remember all of the details on it but it was excellent for your gut and your your general health and your immune system and everything maybe you know in- a little incredible. bit more about that
1: only when
2: cooked. Yeah, yeah. So um, funny thing about mushrooms is that, um, you know, if you eat them just raw, um, you're not getting much nutritional value out of them. Okay. Uh, so, so it's only um, when you cook them is when you bring out those good probiotics and things like that. Um, th- that's when you get that good nutrients out of them. Um, and that's, that's important. You know, when you go into like a restaurant and you getting a little butt mushrooms on top of the uh, top of your salad, nothing there, but just, you know, just some, you're getting water although really? they are good yeah yeah, are good. yeah
0: we're
2: not denying uh, we'll that <laughs> <laughs> bring on the
0: buttons, but uh they're good they're good <laughs> good stuff right yeah no that that is really interesting um and something i'm gonna just find out more about myself just because because it is so interesting and i want to learn a bit more about it so thanks thanks for sharing all of that on the mushrooms it's great sure, stuff sure yeah and then another thing i seen on your i think it was on your instagram or on your website was I seen lots of pictures of edible flowers so i seen uh. seen uh, violas barrage things like that are they something that you're growing regularly or was it was it was it an experiment or
1: so typically we we would bring the hydroponics back in, you know, October, and November, because we have outdoor growing seasons. We sort of choose to sort of, you know, take it down and miss it for a minute. Um, but because of this year with us, you know, investing our time into finding a commercial space, we are sort of taking a pause from it just for the season. But our hopes are to have an, an entire wall of hydroponics which we will do probably like more of a local side, but a salad subscription where you would do like eight to 10 weeks with, it would be a freshly harvested lettuce, a micro, a mushroom, and I don't know, maybe a half a dozen eggs or something delivered, we'll say f- for weekly. Um, and then we also want to expand into the edible flowers. So a lot of our you know uh, micro places, all, a lot of our restaurants, they all have these fancy bars. They have asked us for it. Unfortunately, with the space that we're in, just don't have the space for it, but we are definitely... Headed down that road for the edible flowers.
2: Yeah. So yeah, yeah. We, we did hydroponics during you know COVID and all that stuff. We we really ramped that up over the winter, and then we we ventured into aeroponics, which is uh, the the vertical farming you've seen.
0: Yeah. Um, okay, so that yeah.
2: that's um, so that's what we're gonna definitely expand on. It was um, it was very good to us. Uh, we learned a lot, and it was very successful. Uh, and we we definitely and I'll tell you what. Having an aeroponic made lettuce or head of lettuce is, I, I can't, ex- it's so, so good. It's,
0: <laughs> it's the best so lettuce you ever had. It. It's so fresh. Do you want to just give us a quick description of what aeroponics is for anyone who doesn't know?
2: So hydroponics and aeroponics are very similar. Um, so hydroponics, you can typically see um, where the roots are suspended in water, right? All the time. A
1: nutritionally treated water, not just water. Let's just say yeah, like that. Right.
0: Sure,
2: sure right. thing. Yeah. So, So we we balance uh, pH levels and nutrition. We feed them regularly. We change out the water, and that is that's how hydroponics are are are, uh, utilized. Now on aeroponics, the roots are inside of those pipes that you'll see on you know all those Instagram and uh, YouTube videos. They're inside of those pipes and they're open to air, but they're you know on a cyclical cycle. They're they're you know fed water with nutrients and same thing.
0: It's like they're getting misted or something like that. The roots.
2: Yeah. And we'll use like an irrigation pipe just to trickle water in there um, and pump the water up there. And and those did really, really well. And I was so pleased and was pretty hands off, aside from all the science on the nutritional values and pH levels and things like that.
0: And and was that how you were growing the flowers as well? Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was cool.
0: Do you think that's something that could be... Incorporated into your into your business model is growing the fl- grown flowers indoors through that. hundred percent, hundred percent. We're going
1: that direction. Hundred
0: Once I get more space. Yeah, <laughs> more space. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because most most people you see growing edible flowers, it's most mostly they have a big um, polytunnel, big place or, or outdoor space. It's not. It's not. Yep. It's um. Yeah, mostly it's outdoors. So that's interesting to hear that you think it. You can do it indoors profitable. We're
1: gonna be doing herbs. We're gonna be doing lettuces. We're gonna be doing edible flowers. Yeah, all on a on a commercial scale for our business. So yeah,
2: I've got a lot of light down here. So you know, might as well use some of it up. You know, I could yeah. probably put a, a potted plant in between these racks and grow something pretty wild.
1: Hydroponics, though, aeroponics. That's still the best part about it is is like you said, John. It's it's more hands off, so it allows us to focus on other things and. You know, who doesn't like automatic, right?
2: That's that, that was the name of the game when we got started, uh, was to gain our time back. So with everything we do, it's got to be efficient or we can't do it. You know, if it takes up too much time, we can't fit it in.
1: Our chicken coop is solar powered. It automatically opens, automatically closes. Don't have to think about it.
0: Really? Yeah. yeah. How many chickens have you got? Around 20. 20, 25 maybe. I don't know. You lose count after a while. <laughs> and 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 they don't take much maintenance. No,
2: uh, I'd say daily. You just got to gather the eggs. I mean, you got to gather, <laughs> you know, that's it. And,
0: and You don't even and have to
1: get them every day if it's not cold, really. Well,
2: what, about,
0: what about cleaning up after them?
1: That's like yeah. once a week.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Once a week, we clean it out, give them, you know, fresh food and water and. They're happy. They love it. They're easier I, I than dogs. Chickens.
1: And they give back. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, they, sh- they basically shit rainbows. I mean, God.
2: <laughs> it's the best.
1: <laughs> and for those of you listening who don't know, chicken eggs do come in a multitude, rainbow array of colors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I'm, I mean it. They do actually shit rainbows.
0: <laughs> what colors i have never seen this actually i've seen white, white oh, it's so common that we hear that so or whatever color um, we have is,
1: olive um... eggers we have blue layers we have rhode island reds which are browns there's whites there's uh, chocolates i mean it's no it's a yeah. an array of colors
0: yeah yep. so, so you've got you've got a lot of different things going on there and like do you know something the chicken's it, there's more. There's, I've seen that crossover before as well with people who have microgreens businesses as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So So. Um. So yes, yeah, so you've got a good few things going on. And like I asked them the last episode, there was uh, two guys on from New Zealand and they had a lot of different things going on as well. And I asked them this question and and that was, did you ever think of, should you focus your energy on one of these things? Or do, you think, or do you think that you might have too many things going on? Or do you think that you would progress with one? where you would progress more if you dropped some things and focused on one? Or just what do you think? What's your thoughts on that?
2: I'll, I'll answer it. And then I'll let you answer too, because I'm sure we have two different answers. Maybe probably pretty similar. I, I think about that often, you know, especially when we have a time where things don't work out you know, um, where I contaminate a lot of bags, um, on mushroom side, uh, you know, when I, when I produce a terrible, terrible crop, you know, and and there's a lot of times I look back on, on that stuff and I say, why am I doing this? Right. But, um, Katie and I, you know, we're, we're really hard workers. Katie's way smarter than me. Right. But Ah. (laughs) (laughs) she's way smarter than me, but, um, you know, we're, we're extremely hard workers and we just strive for more every single time. Uh, We don't stop. I hope that a lot of the things that we do encourage a lot of people to continue to go and do things and follow whatever they want to do and whatever they're doing, you know um, you're going to have failures, but you got to keep pushing and you got to keep going and you got to keep, you know, um, educating yourself every single time. You know, I've been, trust me, I've been at, at points, really low points with, farming and saying, Oh my god, how are we gonna do this? Or why am I doing this? How come I'm so terrible at it? You know, and then it's sort of like that golf game where you hit that one good shot. <laughs> yeah, you're like, yeah. I totally you're, you're got back. this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I got this. I could do this, you know? And it, it was I refer of to that often because it is like that. And especially farming because you you, you have it, but sometimes you don't and
0: yeah. um uh, i think I think that's that's the case for anyone who's in business anyone like i I can vouch for that as well you get these feelings yeah. that what am I doing? is this worth doing it? why am I doing yeah. it could not I just do something else that's easier uh, right. but then you, but then but then like you said, you get that something something sparks you and you're back yeah and yeah say
1: my answer. To that question is, is similar to John's, a little different. I think that what we're doing is kind of like comparing your stock portfolio. Diversification is key, and so yes, we have we have a lot of sticks in the fire. But when one fails, the other one will pick up. Or you know, it's good to have a backup plan. And instead of funneling it into you know one outlet, just kind of spread yourself. And yes, there are days where we're spread awfully thin. And I can speak to that as a mother and farm uh, owner and manager. But no, I agree with John. We're we're driven, and it's funny. I if I don't get like a new account a week, I'm like, oh, I'm thirsty, man. I'm I'm we got to go, we got to go harder. You got to hit the pavement. So no, I would say no. The answer is no. Do we have too much going on? Maybe some days, but no.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's good, good stuff. No, it just it's just an interesting one, um, just to hear other people's opinion on that and yeah and i totally get what you're talking about with it with the accounts and there's anything like any type of sale or anything That they're the, they're the things that like um
1: it's like a it's like a high it's like a rush yeah, like a drug it's the,
0: it's the results of what you've been working at and the things you're doing are working so so um yeah good stuff and then and just on something else you said there john as well you said like the things the mistakes you made and stuff like that like mm-hmm. every mistake that you're making is something that i'm sure you've you've learned something for the next time or whatever. Absolutely. So yeah, you have to, you have to make mistakes to, um, you have to make mistakes to move forward. So
1: I think every farmer on every level would probably agree. That it is definitely a uh,
0: two steps forward, 10 steps back. <laughs> 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 kind of days. Yeah. 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 No, definitely good stuff. And then just, just because you're, you're doing it as a couple, then what would you, if you don't, if you don't mind sharing what would you say would be the hardest part about running a business as a couple like would you ever find it difficult to you know separate work from family time or do you know like when you're when you're when you're running a business together there's a lot of talk that's all business talk and how do you separate like your personal life from business life do you ever find that difficult
1: yeah, yeah i i would say that so a, a little tidbit on John and I, um, we were neighbors growing up, so we've known each other in eternity. We're like old dinosaurs now. And I would say we're so passionate about what we're doing that it's never a hundred percent talk about you know business, but more of talk about something you're passionate about.
0: Sure. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I think
1: every young business owner knows, you know, you got to hit the pavement hard for at least two years and you know, we're all in on this for sure. Uh, I do find that sometimes it's hard to balance toddler life with, you know, farm chores that have to be done. But every day that we, every week that we get past, it's it's seemingly getting more streamlined, more time efficient, more uh, scheduled kind of thing. And I think that we are growing as business owners and as parents, you know, sort of learning at the same time. I will say at the same time to backpedal on the toddler part, I kind of love that we started when they were so young. They're, they're not really going to remember us, you know, being a little busier than normal. And I'd rather be there for them when they're eight and they can remember me at their soccer game, not necessarily sure. when they're, you know, two and not necessarily have that memories. But what do you think, John?
2: I'd say, no, it's not, it's not hard to balance it as a relationship or, you know, having a marriage and working on the farm at the same time. I say, no. Uh, just because we have've we had a great marriage for 10 and now 11 years and uh, we were hobby growers throughout the entire time and we incorporated the children in growing on the garden from from the time they were born on and then we brought it inside you know and that's right. that's when we decided to do that and and she and katie's right like we, we're getting our time back you know and we're getting experience and and when it seems really hard and you feel feel like overwhelmed you know it's hard to keep going you know and you're like i don't know if i could do this but then when you become experienced you get that time back you're able to enjoy your your family and and um and then at the same time you know farming is cool for the kids they love that stuff
0: yeah yeah you know they love
2: it
1: there's nothing greater than going to one of our accounts or our restaurants seeing our product on top of we'll say a dish and toasting each other to celebrate it
0: yeah,
2: that's yeah. I, I
0: love that. Yeah, that's good.
2: I'm going go cheers and you
1: know Lord <laughs> <laughs> knows I love the bubbly. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Hell yeah.
0: <laughs> good, good, good. And uh, just then um, on on your journey so far there, I John, you've kind of alluded to it already about the mistakes, some of the mistakes you've made with your mm-hmm. mushrooms and that. But is there is there any mistakes that you you might have made other mistakes you might have made with your business like whether it's the microgreens or or anything within the market and the sales or anything that you, you might want to share that may maybe would help other people avoid making those mistakes?
1: I think I can speak to the micro side of that. I would say choosing your crops is definitely an initial sort of mistake or lesson to be learned on, we'll say what grows, how they grow it, weight of it, et cetera. And then the other mistake is sometimes I think we kind of scale back to precisely narrow in the weights. And if you under produce, there's nothing worse than disappointing your chef yeah. and having, it's yeah. It's like calling your dad and being like, hi dad, I'm, <laughs> I messed up again. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. So that, those are lessons I've learned for sure. They hurt, but you know, the the more you grow and the bigger you get and you want to make sure that you're not getting sloppy.
0: Sure thing. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. On
2: the mushroom side, um, I, don't, uh, I
0: mean, I made so
2: many mistakes with mushrooms. Um, <laughs> it's hard to say, but <laughs> it's it's research and, and education. Um, I, would, I thought I would say that, that I didn't educate myself enough, but that wasn't the case. It was just experience, you know, gaining the experience over time and making things predictable. Same thing with mi- micros, uh, that you've got to make sure things are predictable. Trial and error, you know, making sure you do your, your research uh, on your trials and making sure that you're yeah. confident. And what you're growing first, you're going to spend a lot of money uh, right off the bat, just doing trials and making sure that it's ready to go. Um, And like Katie said, and it's the same thing for mushrooms is the crop that you're growing or the mushroom that you're growing out is extremely crucial. You got to make sure you pick the right one to make sure you know what you're doing, become an expert at it and then move on.
1: I think I remember in one of your earlier episodes, you at one point said, I definitely did a ton of trials on micros, maybe even fact too many. And I remember that resonated with me so hard. And I probably did quite the opposite where it was like, I didn't do enough grow trials and probably oversold the farm by like 30%. <laughs> 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 at
0: least you're selling <laughs> it oh you're doing a good job selling that's the main thing
1: (laughs) selling is no problem for me i can, yeah i can do that part
0: yeah yeah no and i i that's good advice there and and what you're saying there john when you're doing these trials and stuff like that you have to take the records because you forget you forget if you don't and then like why do all these things and then not have the benefit of the the data later on when you're going to do something different whatever so yeah good stuff yeah yeah and then um what what would you say would be the biggest so I don't know I asked you the mistakes but what would you say would be the biggest win so far for, for both of you?
2: I'll let you go first on that one. Uh, not losing my mind yet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, haven't lost my, I haven't lost my mind. That's a win. Well, that
1: makes one of us. I'll say that. <laughs> oh, shit! Okay.
2: Um, the biggest biggest win overall, I think, is how far I was able to stretch my brain and how how, how much I gained. I'm grateful for that, that I was able to to do that in the experience that I have now, you know, because we, we did solar on our farm, right? I, I ventured into solar, mathematics of that stuff. I, I did a lot of things I've never done in my entire life um, that I always wanted to do or expand on. Yeah. I got the opportunity. And if I had to close the farm today, I would say, oh man, I, I am so grateful for all that stuff. You know, just the knowledge that I got, you know, on the plants, on the micros, on the hydroponics, aeroponics uh, nutrients, all that stuff. I mean, the education that I gave myself and that I went out and got was, is invaluable. Um, and I, you know, I, I, I'm I'm extremely fortunate that I was able to do that. And all the stuff I got was free.
1: I would say my biggest, um, accomplishment it's, it's going to sound awfully cheesy, but it's that this company has become my, my third child. And I'm so proud of what we've built and who knows, you know, maybe I can leave a legacy for my kids and I'm proud to make John's last name, a, a staple around here and this something that people know. And I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm
0: proud of, I'm proud of what we've built. I've no doubt that you're, you're both going to be able to do whatever you want, because I can see you've got a great mental attitude and a great positive outlook. So
1: <laughs> oh, thank you.
0: Yeah. no, good, And good luck with everything else in the future. It's brilliant. And just before we finish up then, is there is there any advice you want to give other people listening to the podcast? So other business owners or other people who might be just new to getting into business?
1: Being a business owner requires ambition and drive. And that isn't something that you can teach. You either have it or you don't. So if you're going to do this, don't put your big toe in. You, you jump, you dive, you do it. Go hard, go home.
2: Give it your all. Um, yeah and don't forget I'm, I'm trying to grow mushrooms and sell them to chefs in the back door of Kennett Square, which is the mushroom capital of the world. okay oh, it? so it is so um, if I can do it then you definitely could do whatever you're trying to do right now Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> so that's
0: well, it. Good stuff thanks for the motivation guys and look yeah no and thanks for everything I really it was, it was a great interview it's a lot of fun so uh really really appreciate it being on here and i'm sure all of the listeners appreciate are going to appreciate it as well so thanks so much for sharing absolutely
1: everything today. we're so excited
0: i was so pumped about this one <laughs> yeah man Brilliant. No, great stuff and just where would be the best place for people to reach out to you if you wanted to or to your, your website or whatever
1: um we definitely you know uh, we're on instagram a lot at to family farm um our website is another way to you know learn about our process what we grow what we do and get in touch with us Um, and that's just you know www.teloshfamilyfarm.com yeah reach out we'd we'd love to hear from you
0: excellent yeah now well and i'll be sure to leave link a link for that in the show notes so katie and john thanks so much for being here today
1: Absolutely. absolutely thank you for having us
0: So there you go, Katie and John Talush there. And I hope you enjoyed listening to the episode as much as I enjoyed speaking with them. They were really good fun and it's always great to speak with other motivated people who are constantly pushing forward, educating themselves and succeeding at it. So thanks again, John and Katie. Talush Family Farm on Instagram and talushfamilyfarm.com is where you'll find them. And Talush is spelled T-L-U-S-H. If you're interested in starting a microgreens business of your own, you can download the same ebook that Katie did back in April for free. It has all the basics about how to get started in it from getting your equipment to making your first sale. And you can get that at microgreensentrepreneur.com forward slash ebook. And there will be a link for that in the show notes as well. So that's it for this week. Thanks a million for tuning in here all the way to the end. Really do appreciate it. Hope you have a great week there. And I'll catch you on the next episode.